Welcome to Cage Minds. I'm Micah Frankel, and we got a good one in store for you today. Let's say this has been a long time in the making. Totally my fault. I got to apologize to Jared first off the bat before I even introduce him about how long this has taken. I saw him around the gym at Jackson Wink forever and was kind of just missing each other. And then I looked up one day and he's just gone. All of a sudden, Jared McCullen is back. He's got blonde hair. He's beating everybody in Oklahoma. Uh, went from quiet and kind of shy on the sidelines there at the gym to the personality has fully came out sir it is a pleasure to have you here today how you doing i'm doing very 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 well how are you doing man i'm great where where should we start off where do we start talking about you and this mma thing me and this mma thing where do we start off well we would start off with me winning fights by knockout winning fights by submission and then it's like if we met in the middle there, we would it would still be me winning fights by knockout, winning fights by submission. And it seems like it's almost like what is even going on? Because then now here we are and I'm winning fights by knockout and submission. So it's, like, it's almost like nothing has changed all this time. Just just a whole lot of winning. But you did hit the nail on the head. I have blonde hair now. So that's nice. That's what's different. Yeah. What inspired that change to change the look up? Well, a lot of people don't know this. They think I bleach my hair now. The truth is I always dyed my hair brown. My natural color is this beautiful, handsome, bleach blonde. And now I just no longer dye it blonde. So this is all natural, 100% natural hair, basically. All right, all right, nice. Now, before we even started, I had said I looked up one day and you weren't there at JW and you filled in the blank for me that you were in New Zealand I'm pretty sure I know who you're out there with, but what's a, a trip of eight months like getting that experience in in New Zealand? Well, it was awesome. You know, uh, I got to partake in the, the wonders and the joys of socialized healthcare. I got a staph infection. I went to the hospital a couple of times. It cost me the grand total of zero dollars. That was fun. Other than that, man, it was just good kickboxing training out there. I got to train with some... Uh, some big names in the sport and some very, very good coaches. I got to do some work with uh, guys like Adesanya, Riddell, Volkanovski to name drop for you. Got to do some classes under those guys, under uh, George Hickman, under Eugene Behrman. You know, it was just me, a great fighter, working with these guys, other great fighters. So it was a pleasure. You know, I went out there to uh, live and train with Brogan Anderson, the best middleweight in New Zealand. And that's saying something. And, uh, and then I came home to Oklahoma, where, as you said at the beginning of this interview, I have just been beating everybody. Isn't it? It's crazy. It's, it's really, really crazy. I've just been beating everybody. And there was a name that you said we got to say again. Brogan Anderson. I've been waiting years to see this guy on a big stage. Hurry up, somebody. You need to do it. I mean, but... What is it like and how does it reassure everything that you've been doing with some of those rounds that you probably don't want to tell us about, but a lot of the success that you're having there against elite competition, what does it do for the, the confidence? That's huge. Uh, um, I would love to tell you. I would want nothing more than to tell you and to brag about myself, but I have, I have maybe a little tiny bit of respect and class and character a little, not a lot, not a lot at all, but a, a little bit. And so I'll hold on to some of those things, but 
it, it does a lot for the confidence. But I've sparred with several world champions. The only guy who's ever whipped my ass consistently is Brogan Anderson. Besides that, uh, there's been guys with, with UFC belts in multiple weight classes, guys who have fought for titles, won titles in different eras of the sport. And, you know, win, lose, or draw, I, I don't leave feeling discouraged. Uh, that is for sure. And I'm a lot better now than I was before. Between 2019 and 2021, it feels like from following you through social media, you almost, you became a butterfly. You came out of this cocoon, out of this shell, saw you in the gym, always being more of like this silent assassin, still an assassin, but now just a lot more boastful about it. What led to all of this coming out? Well, listen, when we all have delusions of being nice guys. For, for most of us, they're not delusions. You know, I, I thought I was going to be a nice guy. Uh, it's not that I didn't have the thoughts and, and the things I wanted to say. It's just that I thought, you know, I'd keep my head down and I would work hard and blah, 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 and all these silly things. But deep down, it's, it's just not who I am, you know. Plus, you get a little bit older, the confidence comes out. I was kind of a kid back then. I debuted as a pro when I was 18 years old. You know, my, my whole career has basically been uh, – as a professional MMA fighter. And so it's like, you know, you're just finding your place a little bit, seeing where you fit in, seeing, seeing what you feel comfortable with. And, you know, as the confidence grows and I realize more and more a, a bit of who I am and, and really where I stand in this sport, especially speaking against the, uh, the best guys in the world, it's like, why, why would I not say what I want? You know what I mean? Why would I come out here with my head down? And why would I not uh, 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 thump my chest a little bit? You know, I, I've yet to see anybody do it for me. Like you said, I've been whipping everybody's ass in Oklahoma for it feels like forever now. And, and I'm finally getting an opportunity on a big card. I mean, it's crazy. They actually asked me, they were like, would you be the main event for this LFA card? And I told them, guys, you should have asked me three fights ago to be the main event. I'm a little bit upset at you. So, so I will fight for you, but I demand to be the first fight on the main card so I can shower and have some snacks and, and enjoy my night, you know? Okay, because see, I thought when I got the original press release, you were actually in the co-main event. So when I saw first fight of the night, I was like, why are you fighting earlier now? But, but you want the quick night? I want the quick night, exactly. They had me come in. They said, man, is there any way we can move you to the main event? I said, move me later. Move me earlier in the night. I want to go see a movie or something after this. Some, something entertaining. <laughs> something entertaining. Uh, you don't waste time, obviously, not getting paid by the hour. That's the name of the game. But we look at all the first-round finishes. Even for those of us that are trying to assess you just to talk about you, Man, you just keep killing everybody. So, so it's hard to mm -hmm. get a handle on what your style is. How happy does that make you that there's so much mystery to what you're doing also? Listen, I could, uh, I could clear up the, the mystery very, very quickly. All I do is create unfair exchanges, and then I capitalize on them. And it doesn't matter if it's in the wrestling, in the striking, in the grappling – uh, uh, I have no, I don't like to do the arm bar. My favorite move is the arm bar. Fighters talk like that. They're stupid. I don't have a favorite move. I don't have a favorite strike. I don't have a favorite submission, takedown, any of that bullshit. I'm, I'm just letting you get yourself out of position. And then when you're out of position and overextended, I'm going to beat you up. And then you can decide, do you want to give me your back and I, and I really naked choke you? Would you like to turn over and look at me while I TKO you? Do you want to drop your left hand and my right shin will meet your face? Do you want to drop your right hand and maybe my left shin will meet your face? So ultimately, at the end of the day, I, I don't think there's any mystery. It's just 
I let people get out of position. I force people out of position and then I capitalize and I finish people. With that love of finishing, I almost want to question you on one of those notions. You don't have a favorite submission. Really, there's not like more of a joy over a neck versus an arm, a a heel hook. I mean, you could say I'll go for any of them. I'm equally as proficient. But I figured like in that manner, a knockout's all the same. But a submission, I figured you'd have to have a favorite one. Okay, okay. You got me. You got me. I'll, I'll admit. I like a good rear naked choke. Because, because as I lock it in, my mouth is right in your neck. I can breathe on you. It's, it's intimate a little bit. I can tell you things, and I get to feel you go unconscious. So I, I, I'll tell the truth. The rear naked choke is a nice one. But, uh, hey, listen, I got a couple triangles on there, too. They're, they're all the same, ultimately. I love the sadisticness. Extra credit on that part for the answer. I'm like, I loved it. Four straight wins, three of them in the first round. Um, but what I want to talk about is what was it like driving to go get your opponent and cutting weight with him, going through everything just so that you could save the show? I mean, if you're not a promoter's dream, I don't know who is. Have you ever, do, do you know what a farm is? Have you, you've heard of a farm, of, yes, of a concept of a farm? Sure. So, so what you have at farms is animals and, and those animals, they have children right so say you have a pig yeah and that pig has it's a little it's a baby pig it's very cute but what you do is you you give it some water you feed it it grows right you watch it grow and then you say oh it's big enough today is the day and you take it to the slaughterhouse and you slaughter it and then you eat it right and it makes a nice tasty delicious breakfast so when you go pick up your opponent you cut weight with him you take him to the event center what you do is you you feed and water this hog here, right? And you grow it big and fat and you get it to the slaughterhouse so that you can kill it. And it's very analogous to a baby pig growing up on a farm. That's what I'll say it was like to pick up my opponent, cut weight with him and bring him to the fight. I didn't hear the end of the story. Did you actually then have to drive him home that night? No, no, come on, man. I left him on the side of the road. I said, see you later. I, I threw... I threw $5 and a a couple of Wendy's coupons out the window and I drove off to my after party. (laughs) Man, it would have been like, I would have wished the promoter, I'd have been like, dude, give me an Uber. Come on. (laughs) For him, instead of a paycheck, at least an Uber. You'd think. That's a wild one. And now coming up, uh, within the last couple of days, I saw on Tapology uh, a change of opponent. So we lost Julius Holmes and now it's Shane Slabonski is going to be the opponent. Yeah, a change of opponent, a change of weight class, but never a deviation from the result, which is the people's champ getting his hand raised. Come on, man. It doesn't matter. New opponent, new weight class. Same story. Jared McLaughlin winning a fight. Unfair exchange, overextended, out of position, knocking him out, submitting him, whatever he would like to give me. I know you don't want to give away too much of the secrets, but what's one of the first steps into creating these unfair exchanges that you excel at? Well, listen, he's got to be out of stance and position while I'm in stance and position. And maybe you could say there's maybe four big ways for that to happen. I could angle off to my left or my right. So lateral movement is one great way. I could let him throw a punch and miss, right? And his own momentum carries him out of stance and position. That would be a second way. I could faint, 
right? Or throw my own offense and his poor defensive reaction to it could put himself out of stance and position. That would be the third way. And the fourth way is I could push him back onto the fence. His stance flattens out once he's on the fence, letting me split his stance. He's out of stance and position. Or because he doesn't like that, he can flee to the left or the right, letting me flank him, get behind him, and come over his shoulder. So I would say those are maybe our, our four big ways on the feet of getting him out of position. Uh, on the ground, maybe, maybe is a little harder for everybody to follow along with, but very similar ideas still. What's the funnest part about this journey for you? The funnest part about the journey. No fun. I'm not here to have fun. I'm here to win fights and world titles. When did the mindset become so determined in that one specific thought? Hmm. Well, that's a good question. I mean, I, I've been pretty determined about, you know, the end result for a while. I just hadn't really figured out some of the, uh, uh, the small details, the techniques, and the and the tactics to uh, to get it there. But uh, I'd say when I started training with Brogan, we got a little bit of uh, I got a little smartened up as to what mixed martial arts should be. Uh, how important was that having that veteran influence? Huge. If I had never gone and trained with Brogan, I would have been a top ten UFC fighter. Maybe maybe I could have won a world title for sure. I mean, I I, I work pretty hard. I'm a pretty uh, uh, studious, not studious. Uh, you know, I show up a lot and I, I wanted it really bad. Maybe I could have gotten my hands on a world title, but I definitely would have been a top 10, top five guy in the UFC. Um, with training with Brogan, I'm going to grab a belt and I'm going to hold on to it for, for quite a while. So the, the mindset, the goals have elevated from a championship run to a hall of fame run. I mean, hey, I always wanted a, a hall of fame run for sure, but, um, it's not so much the mindset, you know, I'm not really a big believer or I really could, could not give a fuck either way about that. But, uh, you know, you could have the mindset you want to KO somebody if you don't know how to set it up, you know, and, and, and do it. Then what good is your, is your nebulous mindset about making it happen? You know, I, I always wanted to be a, one of the greatest fighters for sure. But, you know, I was a, a little lost so close to the trees. I couldn't see the forest, you could say, and, and, Brogan, Brogan put a compass in my hand if we were to uh, speak metaphorically. And, and now I know exactly where I'm headed. I know how to do what I'm trying to do. What should the fans that before Fight Night have been smart enough to click on this interview, to listen to you, what should they be expecting if this is their first time seeing you Friday night? What should they be expecting? If it's, well, first of all, they should kick themselves if it's their first time seeing me, right? Because that's, that's very disrespectful to, to the best middleweight outside of the UFC. But, and welterweight, we'll see if I go back down. What could they expect? I mean, hey, Shane is a nice guy. I'm sure. I don't know. I've never met the guy. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure he works hard. I'm sure all these things. But these guys, especially at this level, they suck. And I feel like you're going to watch a lot of the fights on the card, and it's going to look like good competitive matches against guys who, who are fighting tooth and nail to get the win, and it's going to be a lot of decisions and judges saying, two guys saw it for this one and one guy saw it for this guy. What a great fight, and we're all competing for fight of the night. My fight won't be close. My fight will be very one-sided. My fight will be very clear. You'll walk away not confused about who the better martial artist is. You know, I, I, I'm really coming in just to, just to win and to win easy. With a nice finish, you know, and by win easy, I don't mean lay on somebody and get a decision. I mean, go home early. Like I said, watch a movie, be entertained for the night. You want to be entertaining, 
where do you put it in the list of goals to to deliver entertainment when you step foot in that cage? Um, very low. If I wanted to be an entertainer, I would probably have become a comedian or an actor or an actress. An actress? I guess I, guess I could become an actress with, with the right surgeries and medicines. Uh, the goal of being entertaining is not in my mind at all. You know, the second I'm worried about something like that, join the, the WWE. Uh, my only concern is whipping somebody's ass on Friday. Shane's ass to be specific on Friday, but really whoever ends up in the cage opposite of me, no concern for entertainment, no concern for anybody watching the show. Anything I do that is entertaining, anything I say that is entertaining is solely because I want to do it and I want to say it. Has it helped get used to these short notice changes that it's been so hard finding an opponent? I've, I've seen the social media post. It's been something consistent for over a year now. So when you have these fight week changes, does it just roll off the shoulders now? Yeah. Yeah, I could care less. Um, it, 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 I'm not caught up. Oh, is it going to be Julius Holmes? He's six and two. Oh, it's going to be Shane. He's coming off of two big wins at middleweight. Could not care less. Uh, as, as a wise man once said, you know, you take out number two and bring in number three. What could that possibly mean to number one? I would, I would look at it like that. Like Shane and Julius, I'm, I'm more interested in those two fighting and seeing which one of them sucks a little bit worse than uh, either of them fighting me. Cause as far as I'm concerned, it's a, it's a done deal. You know, I already know what's going to happen. This has been great getting to talk to you. And again, I apologize, Jared, that it took so long to have this conversation. You need to send me some DMs and slap me through the internet next time you have a fight so that we get this done sooner. Let's do it. Thank you for having me on, Big Dog. Until next time, sayonara. Thank you, sir.